Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Before we roll the audio on this PFT Live podcast, we want you to know that Mike Florio does an afternoon podcast. Why? To catch all the late-breaking news and developing stories in the NFL, of course. So you got to subscribe to PFT PM as well. Go to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Art19, or Google Play. Search PFT PM and subscribe. Boom. Done. Thanks for the support. Now, stats. Roll another hour of the PFT Live podcast. Tuesday edition of Pro Football Talk Live, NBC Sports Radio. It's the anniversary of Wilt Chamberlain and his 100-point night. We're going to have a draft coming up in about two and a half hours of the all-time most dominant single-game performances in league history. And I've been doing a little research for a change. There are plenty of them. We'll be... Discussing that and many other topics, Chris Sims joining me in an hour, still on the right side of the trash can, which is good. You always want to be outside the trash can, not inside the trash can when that kind of stuff is going on, like what happened last Wednesday on air. It was good to see him yesterday. We had an extended PFTOT after the show, about 40 minutes of discussion about the CBA situation, some Brady spitballing. The Tony Romo mega deal with CBS. And it turns out the report of $17 million per year was fake news. You get it right. He's making $18 million a year. Before we get to all of that, though, a serious national and international story that I have yet to mention on this show. I wrote something on Sunday about the league monitoring closely monitoring the developments related to the coronavirus, COVID-19, as it's officially known. And if you're paying any attention to national news, you know that it is here, it is spreading, and it's probably been here for a while, and you can't find hand sanitizer anywhere. You can't find surgical masks anywhere, although they say you don't need them to avoid getting it, that it's only useful if you have it, because when people cough or sneeze... That's when the virus becomes airborne. I still don't understand how it doesn't help you. I figure anything that covers your mouth and your nose is useful. But you know what? 
the droplets probably get in your eyes too. Those viruses are so damn small. So anyway, stay away from anyone who's sneezing or coughing. Wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. Dispense with the handshake. I I was out to dinner Saturday night and I tried that out and I think I offended somebody by not shaking his hand. Do we just have to shout out Corona? What do we do to avoid those awkward social interactions? That's going to be an issue for the NBA more immediately than the NFL. See, the NFL, relatively speaking, is fortunate here because there's nothing going on right now that the NFL has to worry about gatherings of thousands of people. The NBA, according to ESPN, issued a memo yesterday that encourages players to immediately stop high-fiving fans, fist bump instead. And also don't take items from them like pens, jerseys, balls for autograph purposes. That is a common occurrence at these games. They also may be limiting or canceling some of these off-season events that they do internationally and domestically, clinics, scouting, etc. I didn't see anything in the ESPN story mentioning any plans for games. And do you really think they're going to cancel games, especially if tickets have been sold? It becomes a strange issue and a potentially expensive issue for teams. What do you do? Do you refund the tickets and play the games and televise them? Do you say, hey, the tickets are sold. We'll see you here. If you don't want to show up, that's your call. Does the government get involved if there's a quarantine or... I don't know how any of this is going to work. We don't know how far any of this is going to spread. I don't want to be an alarmist, and I live on top of a mountain. And I already order most of my stuff from... Amazon anyway, but this is potentially going to be fascinating and terrifying, and we need to strike the right balance, and I also think this, I think this, and and I've said this in other contexts, like as it relates to why people play football and assume risks generally, why people ride motorcycles without helmets and jump out of airplanes without parachutes or with parachutes. That would be a problem. The, you're very brave if you jump out of an airplane without a parachute. I got to hand it to you if you do that. Jumping out of an airplane with a parachute, rock climbing, things that are inherently risky that can create immediate serious injury and or death. I feel like because we were founded as a nation via a revolution where a ragtag bunch of soldiers basically stuck their finger in the eye of the king and the king sent the troops over to kill all of them and the ragtag group of soldiers won. I feel like for the past 200 plus years, we've just been infused with that same mentality. I don't see this thing holding down the American population. I don't envision nobody showing up for NBA games. I don't envision a significant amount of people not showing up. I don't envision, unless the NCAA, you know, they, and, and this has been bubbling up from the perspective of the players. You want to keep the players healthy. I mean, they're not getting paid. The least thing you can do is keep them from getting coronavirus by having an audience of thousands who may have people in the crowd who have it. 
There's talk of the NCAA men's basketball tournament proceeding as a TV-only event without fans. I just don't think that if the fans have a choice, it's going to come to them staying away. But you've got basketball season, hockey season, baseball's coming. And we're starting to see the early stages of people reacting to the news, buying up all of the hand sanitizer. And you've got people who are like buying canned goods and non-perishable items to get them through a couple of weeks in the event that everything goes haywire. I just, I have this, this sense that even though it's going to spread and there are people who are going to be sick and there are people who are going to die, just like happen. And I don't want to be like, oh, it's no different than the flu. It is different than the flu because the mortality rate's higher for this thing. But I feel like we just absorb it into our daily existence and we continue to live our lives. I just feel like that's what's going to happen. I'm not saying that's what should happen or shouldn't happen. I just have a feeling that's what's going to happen. That's the benefit of 54 plus years of living. I have a feeling that we are just going to continue to do what we do. But the NFL has the benefit of time to monitor and decide what to do. I asked the league about this on Sunday. Brian McCarthy told me via email, we're closely monitoring developments and have been in contact with the World Health Organization, CDC, and the NFL, NFLPA medical experts at the Duke Infection Control Outreach Network program for infection prevention. We will continue those discussions throughout our offseason. And even though there isn't a game until early August, when the NFL descends on Canton for the Hall of Fame festivities, draft is 51 days away in Las Vegas. And this whole notion of city to city, town to town, team to team hosting the draft is premised on what? Having televised images of thousands of people present. Thousands, 51 days away. More immediately, three weeks and five days from now, the league meetings in Palm Beach at the Breakers. What are you going to do about that? Cancel them? You really don't need to have the league meetings in person. Not in this day and age. You also don't need to have a draft in person in this day and age. It can be done by a group text. But I could see the league meetings being canceled. I also could see the league meetings proceeding with no media credentialing. They don't want the literally unwashed media there, which may be the smartest thing they ever do. So we're due to be there that week. We're due to broadcast from there that week, as we always do. It'll be interesting to see if ultimately the meetings proceed and if ultimately we're welcome. We may not be. And if that's a decision the league makes, I mean, what are you going to say? We object. We strenuously object. I'm trying to balance, as I said earlier, proper concern with unreasonable worry. Where's the balance? And a lot of it depends upon where you consume your news and what you listen to. And... The mere fact that there are people who are blaming others for politicizing the issue tells you the issue has become politicized. 
Anytime someone stands up and says they're politicizing this issue, that inherently is politicizing the issue. So where's the truth in this post-truth America? I don't know. Do you? I don't know what's going to happen with any of this. We saw the stock market rebound yesterday, which was unexpected and welcomed by many. But we continue to hear that there are more deaths. A lot of them have been clustered at a nursing home in Washington state. It's just going to be a strange time. And I'm not going to cover it every day. When there's a development as it relates to the NFL or one of the other sports, and that development as it relates to one of the other sports is relevant to the NFL, I'll say something about it. And I wasn't going to talk about it at all today. I've been wondering, should we talk about it on the show at some point? But I saw that NBA memo, and I thought this is relevant for us to discuss because we need to be ahead of the curve. I try to be ahead of the curve on everything NFL-related, and we need to be thinking about the draft in 51 days, and we need to be thinking about the league meetings in 26 days. That's responsible fulfillment of what I regard my obligation to you to be. Transparency, honesty, and also a stubborn effort to stay one step ahead of where the ball is. And I know there's going to be some people like, oh, you're, oh, you're, oh, you're inciting panic. Oh, it's, no, it's the flu. It's just the flu. Okay. I saw what happened in China. I saw a video over the weekend from the streets of the Tokyo Marathon. There was nobody there. Nobody there. No fans, no runners, nobody. So it'll be interesting to see how we react to it as a people, how our government reacts to it, how our sports events, which have become a major aspect of our public life, how will they react to it? Because there's a lot coming up, a lot. NBA playoffs are, what, six weeks away? NHL playoffs, not long away. March Madness coming before that NCAA conference tournaments. There's a UFC event in Las Vegas on Saturday night. And I have a feeling that if there is all of a sudden like people not showing up, it's just going to be like a a light switch that flips. It's just going to happen like boom, all of a sudden. It's not going to be like, well, there's fewer people here tonight, Phil. Well, I wonder why that is. It's going to be full to empty. Once some people start staying away, they're all going to start staying away. Because what will happen is the people who have tickets who decide they're not going to go because they're on the far end of the fear spectrum, rational or otherwise, they're going to unload them on StubHub or wherever. And somebody's going to go. They're just going to get a good deal to go. So it's going to be all or it's going to be nothing. It's not going to be some. Because you're always going to find, as long as some are showing up, you're going to find somebody who will buy that ticket for five bucks and go. Get what you can. We ain't going. So we'll continue to monitor, just like the NFL is. At some point, though, the NFL's 
closely monitoring the corona situation could become something more. 26 days to the league meetings, 51 days to the draft. Those are the next two things that we need to be paying attention to on the NFL calendar. When we return, just 15 days from now, free agency opens. And is there hope that Tom Brady will remain a member of the New England Patriots before the free agency frenzy begins. We'll discuss that next here on PFT Live. 22 minutes after the hour, it's Pro Football Talk Live. You know, last week in Indianapolis, and I've mentioned this a couple of times, let me go ahead and mention it again, media feeding frenzy. Everybody wanted to be one step ahead of the Tom Brady story. Everybody wants to plant the flag in the in the fertile soil or fertile foil, as the case may be, as to where Tom Brady is eventually going to land. Circular firing squad at times. There was resentment and acrimony and petty jealousies among reporters. And I had this first. No, I had this first. And no, we wrote about that two weeks ago. And look, it really did sort of take on a life of its own as there were more and more reports. When Jeff Darlington, who is regarded to be plugged in with the Brady camp, comes out and says he'd be stunned if Brady stays with the Patriots, that gets people's attention. Now, I've been trying to guess at who's going to break the news as to where Brady's going to go, and it occurred to me yesterday when I was writing something about the possibility of Tom Brady going to the 49ers, and I found Tom Brady's interview from the Super Bowl 54 pregame with Jim Gray, that Jim Gray may get a chance 10 years later to reprise his LeBron James taking my talents to South Beach bit. Remember that? Remember Gray was criticized for just lobbing softballs at LeBron James? Brady's got a close relationship with Gray. He calls him scratchy. I still don't know why he calls him scratchy. Interviews him all the time. Relationship beyond sports. Good for good for Jim Gray. But as we try to figure out who's going to break the news, you got to put him right in the middle of the pack. So... The news ultimately could be there is no news. Tom Curran of NBC Sports Boston wrote night him the other night that points out the Patriots have not cut the cord on the possibility of getting Tom Brady. They want him. And remember the report last week? It was Shefty and others that suggested that the Patriots didn't meet with Tom Brady's agent, the scouting combine, because they can't really talk about anything until they know what's up with the CBA. That's baloney. There's two options. What a deal would look like in a new CBA and what it would look like in the old CBA. You can still talk whatever dollars are going to be committed under either one. It may be the same. It's just a different structure. If it's going to be different, explain why it's different. You can still get together. Now, either they deliberately chose not to or they realized they didn't have to. And based on Curran's item, my conclusion is that both sides realize they don't have to. I always thought what was going to happen is last week in Indianapolis, Don Yee or Donald Yee, I've seen him referred more and more to as Donald, and, and that's fine. Now, maybe all of a sudden I'm going to decide that I want to be known as Michael or, or maybe just pick a different name. Whatever you want to be called, that's who you are. But was there a point in there somewhere? I think there was. Oh, last week was about finding out who's going to be at the table. And roughly the ballpark of what they're looking at from a financial commitment. That's the goal for any looming free agent 
when you're in Indianapolis. And yeah, it's tampering, but it happens. That's part of the process. Who's interested in whom and what's the general amount that's going to be devoted financially to make it happen? And I've said all along, it's after the scouting combine that we start paying attention to what happens or doesn't happen between Brady and the Patriots. And what Brady's ultimately got to ask himself, I mean, he spent almost half of his life with one team. If you're going to make that move, if you're going to make that change, you better be damn sure that it's going to give you what you want. The idea that he's going to sit back on a throne somewhere and the teams are going to come make their case to him, shouldn't he want to walk into every building? Shouldn't he want to see the locker room, to see the training facilities, to see the weight room, to see anything and everything, just to see whether or not there's that visceral connection that we either develop or don't develop with a new set of surroundings. And we've been there. When you walk into a house that you're looking at, you know right away whether you want to live there or not. When you walk into an office where you're interviewing for a job, you know right away whether you're going to be happy there or it's just going to be, hey, it's a living. He should want to go to every facility. He should want to just feel what it's like to pull up. Haven't we all been there at some point in our lives? And if you haven't been, you truly haven't lived where you pull into a parking lot at a place where you have accepted a job and you look at the doors and you say, what in the hell have I done? You need to avoid all of that regret if you're going to make the move. If you're going to make the move, it better be the right move. And it could be that 20 years with a team that's won six Super Bowls, the right move is to just stay put. Quick break. Plenty more PFT Live. We'll be back right after this. Thirty-four minutes after the hour, Tuesday edition of Pro Football Talk Live, just about twenty-six minutes away from sliding to NBCSN. So, look, there has been a flurry of reports, analysis, reaction in recent days to Tony Romo staying at CBS and then the related question of what ESPN will do next because ESPN had planned to make a play for Romo once his contract with CBS officially expired. And does it really have anything to do with the game of football? No, but it also has a lot to do with the game of football because these are the voices that bring the game to us, the biggest games. Tony Romo... And Jim Nance are in the seat that was originally occupied when I started watching football by Tom Brookshire and Pat Summerall. When it was the Summerall-Brookshire game, and nobody ever had to explain this to me, I was 8, 9, 10 years old, and I quickly realized that Summerall and Brookshire were the guys who showed up for the biggest games. So if they're there, it must be a big game. It made the game feel bigger. That became Summerall and Madden at some point. I can't remember who else Pat Summerall was with before Tom Brookshire yielded to Pat Summerall. But when I was first watching football, Summerall and Brookshire, those were the two. They stood out more than the top two at the other networks. And they were at CBS, and CBS had the NFC package at the time. And it was always a big deal when it was somewhere on Brookshire. So, Romo with Nance, the big deal at CBS, literally a big deal to keep him there. The report 
on Friday was $17 million a year for Tony Romo. Andrew Marchand of the New York Post, who originally said roughly $17 million for Romo, clarified that on Monday. Get it right. It's $18 million a year. $17.5 million in salary. And the other comes from perks. I don't know what kind of perks you're getting that are worth five hundred grand a year. Are they flying him in a rocket? Unbelievable. Is he jumping out of a plane without a parachute? I... Five hundred thousand a year in perks. Are they buying out the entire hotel where he's going to be staying, and he's going to be the only guest there? So, uh, but good for him. Good for him. But you know, here's the other thing, and this is a point that MDS made, and I don't want to be. Well, I'm just going to be fair. I'm going to be true to the story. We got to look forward to what's going to happen. What's going to happen is Tony Romo is going to be calling games in 2020 with this new contract that pays 180 million over 10 years now remember espn reported over the weekend it's a three-year deal initially and the rest of it kicks in if cbs keeps the nfl package if cbs doesn't keep the nfl there's no point in paying tony romo 18 million a year to do nothing although that would be great work if you could get it so when romo starts working under a deal that goes from Three years, $10 million, to 10 years, $180 million. Here's what's going to happen. Every misstatement, every mistake, every utterance of, ooh, yee, Jim, he's going to get killed for it. There's going to be a natural resentment. There's going to be a natural inclination to point out anything and everything he does wrong. Because what do we like to do as a people? Build him up, tear him down. Build him up, tear him down. 2017, Tony Romo arrives on the broadcasting scene, breath of fresh air. Never heard anyone like him. This is great. This is awesome. Three years later, that no good SOB, he's making $18 million a year. And look, I want to measure my words carefully here. I think if someone were to go back on the excellent NFL Rewind feature, is that what they call it? Game Pass feature. NFL Game Pass. And watch every game and listen closely to every game that Romo did in 2017, 2018, 2019. Now, look, I only hear parts of the audio of the games. And usually he's on a 425 p.m. Eastern game, so... We're scrambling to put the show together for NBC, the pregame show, Football Night in America. So it's just blurs and it's just a drive here, a play there, 10 minutes here, you know, whatever I can get. But my sense was in 2019, and this is my own personal sense, my sense was there was some regression. That there was some kind of head scratching. Didn't this guy play in the NFL for 15 years? kind of mistakes i vaguely recall at one point he wasn't sure whether or not the clock runs on a point after touchdown attempt which is like that's even more bizarre than don McNabb thinking a game can't end in a tie remember that so those things those glitches are not going to be ignored in 2020 and beyond 
He better be on his P's and Q's with his I's dotted and his T's crossed, and he better never say anything that reflects anything other than a full and complete mastery of the rules of the game because he's getting paid $18 million a year to do it. And he's going to take the heat whenever he screws up. So job number one, don't screw up. Job number two, if you screw up and you take the heat, don't get upset about it. Because it is a natural byproduct of taking that kind of a contract. You know going in, if you're going to get paid more than twice what the record was for a TV analyst, you're going to take the heat that goes along with it. And if you don't get that, then you're naive. And I don't think Tony Romo's naive. I don't fault him for taking the money. I mean, think about it this way. He's making $3.3 million a year for three years. And they want to increase his pay from 3.3 to 18. What are you going to say? No, that's too much. My point though is this. He's going to, he better, he better get rid of his Twitter account. I don't know if he has an Instagram account. He better put on blinders and earmuffs and not pay attention because they are going to be coming after him when he makes mistakes. It's unavoidable. So now, Tony Romo staying put with CBS. Andrew Marchand reported yesterday that CBS, during this whole, what do we do with Tony? Do we let ESPN come in and pay him a ridiculous amount? Or do we just go ahead and pay him a ridiculous amount? They offered Peyton Manning at CBS 10 to $12 million a year for five or six years. Manning was not quick to decide, which sounds like that magnitude may have gotten his attention. And now what may have gotten his attention is the reality that there's a perception out there that Tony Romo's worth $18 million a year as a broadcaster and Peyton's only worth 10 to $12 million, which may, in a weird sort of psychological way, make Peyton Manning more inclined to listen to ESPN, especially if ESPN is going to show up with $17 million per year plus one or plus a million, or plus three million. Just push it to 20. What the hell? At this point, who cares? Offer Peyton Manning 20 million a year. ESPN needs Peyton Manning. We were talking about this yesterday, Sims and I, in PFTOT. If you don't get Peyton Manning, who's next? Who's got the cachet? Who's got the experience, the understanding of the game as a quarterback? Who's next? I'd want Philip Rivers. And you know, if you're Philip Rivers and you're looking at $25 million to play this year, now I don't know that anybody's going to offer Philip Rivers $20 million. I didn't, no one's going to. No. Of course, I would have said a week ago there's no way in hell anyone's paying Tony Romo $18 million a year. But if Rivers can get his foot in the door on an introductory contract that would pay him four, five, six, eight million a year who knows what entry level is now after this Romo deal and then parlay that into if it all works out and I think Philip Rivers would be great with the aw shucks and the darn and the gosh and the stories and you know the passion coming out the knowledge of the game I think he'd be great but if you don't get Peyton you don't get Philip Rivers you wait I mean what do you do this year what do you do do you just kick the can with Tess and Booger you keep changing the analyst every year when you finally get an upgrade? I don't know. And looming over all of this is the persistent rumor, scuttlebutt, chatter, whatever, that 
in the new TV deals, Monday Night Football is going back to ABC. So that gives you a bigger platform. Now you got three more years or two more years of Monday Night Football on ESPN. The Monday Night Football deal ends one year before the others, 2020, 2021. So whoever takes this gig is going to have to do the ESPN side of it before ABC. Or you know what else may happen? It may just be they find a a two-year stopgap, and then 2022 is when they go out and they just put, put $20 million a year on the table. They identify three or four guys that they would love to have in that job, and they say whoever takes it first gets it. It's a fascinating time to be alive. And look... I don't know how much we talked yesterday about the Michael Thomas angle. Saints receiver was upset by how much money Tony Romo was getting. It's two different buckets. It's apples and oranges. And the extent of the investment that the network is going to make in an announcer underscores the extent of the investment that the network is going to make in the league. I mean, really, we focused on this Tony Romo deal from the perspective of what it means for other announcers. And let me tell you this, I guarantee you at least one person is going to price himself out of a job by wanting Tony Romo money and being told you ain't Tony Romo. But secondly, the league can use this against the networks. Look, if this is the value that you have for the guy who sits there and says, Ooh, ee, Jim, what's the value for the game itself? The thing he's talking about. That's why people are watching. Drives up the value there. Another point I made on PFTOT yesterday that bears repeating. At what point does a coach who sees what can be made now in broadcasting and believes that he would be good, knows he would be good, at what point does that coach say, I'm out of coaching. I'll go make more money eventually calling the games and I don't have to worry about wins and losses. I don't have to worry about sleeping in the office three nights a week. I don't have to work all year long. When football season's over, I'm done. Yeah, I'm going to watch some film at home, but I would do that anyway. I don't have to go to the combine and grind and grind and grind. I don't have to worry about free agency, salary caps, the draft, none of that. I don't have my job hinging on the vague bounces of an oblong ball and whether or not some guy sitting at 345 Park Avenue knows what he is or isn't doing when he tries to decide what happened on the field and whether or not he's going to overturn the ruling. The only problem is there's only so many of those seats. The competition for those seats is going to be intense. Intense. Which ultimately means we should end up with better broadcasters. We'll see how that plays out. When we return, the Buccaneers looking for a better quarterback. Will they get one? Who do they want? And does Bruce Arians really mean all those things he says about Jameis Winston? We'll discuss that next on PFT Live. Jameis Winston, the starting quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers since becoming the first overall pick in the 2015 draft. At crossroads with the team, it's unclear whether or not the Buccaneers even want him. It was regarded as news over the weekend. They're not going to tag him. Of course they're not going to tag him. They're trying to figure out whether they want him on the team. Bruce Arians, coach of the team, has not been bashful about his criticisms of Winston early on in the offseason. My thought was that Bruce Arians is simply trying to drive down Jameis Winston's asking price. But then it became clear, no, it's more than that. Because if you're going to keep the guy at this point, there's some serious damage that needs to be undone. 
Rondé Barber, who was actually babysat by Bruce Arians when he and his twin brother Tiki were babies, not like when they were in their 20s. That would be unusual. When they were babies, they were babysat by Bruce Arians. Rondé Barber was on radio last week in Tampa. This comes from our friends at Joe Buck's fan. Look, I've known Bruce for a long time. He's known me my entire life. What he says, he's not mincing words. That's the way I can say it. And Rondé Barber seems to think that the Buccaneers are going to do what what I kind of think they're going to do, which is they're going to pursue some available quarterbacks. And if they swing and miss and swing and miss and swing and miss, and I don't know how many they're going to go through before they say, screw it, let's just keep Jameis. But I feel like Jameis is a fallback plan that, you know, that is available to them in the event they don't get who they want. And they're willing to take the risk that he won't be there. And who knows whether he'll be there or not. There are some teams, not a lot, more than one, but probably fewer than five, who don't believe the Bucks are going to let him get to the market, that think this is all BS and bluster, trying to drive down his market value, drive down interest before the days roll around for them to work out a deal. And then they work out a deal based upon the lack of suitors. And there are teams who will be stunned. And again, more than one, fewer than five, most likely, if the Buccaneers don't get a deal done with Winston or don't tag him. The guy had 5,109 passing yards last year. Yes, he had 30 interceptions. I wonder how differently the perception of him would be if he didn't throw the pick six in overtime of the Week 17 loss to the Falcons. If he had had 29 interceptions... This whole 30 and 30 thing wouldn't have been such a big deal. The charter member of the 30 picks, 30 touchdown passes club. Regardless, Rondé Barber's comments as candid as Bruce Arians. And ultimately, ultimately what Rondé Barber said was, Jameis is the guy that goes to the table and puts half his money on red and half his money on black. What are you getting from him, you know? It's hard to win that way. It's definitely exciting. He's a talented quarterback. But you have to look at the long-term health of your franchise, and there's no more important position than quarterback. There's a report from The Athletic, Mike Sando, quoting an unnamed general manager saying the Buccaneers could target Teddy Bridgewater in free agency. I'm hearing Tampa Bay is hot on Teddy Bridgewater, an NFL GM told Sambo at the Combine. That has created some speculation that maybe that is one of the guys that the Buccaneers will go after. Maybe this is part of the shell game that Bruce Arians was playing. Mention players like Tom Brady and Philip Rivers by name last week. All the while, Teddy Bridgewater is the guy that Bruce Arians wants. Hey, Teddy Bridgewater was 5-0 and last year as a starter. That was in Sean Payton's system, but Bruce Arians is no slouch. Maybe Bruce Arians looks at Teddy Bridgewater and says, there's a guy that takes care of the football. I need somebody who's going to take care of the football and not make stupid mistakes. I can get more out of him. I just can't keep him from doing dumb stuff. So another potential option. And by the way, Teddy Bridgewater did beat the Buccaneers 31-24 to along the way last year. 
26 of 34, 314 yards, 9.2 yards per attempt, four touchdown passes, one interception, and a passer rating of 131.2. The guy had an interception in the game, and he still had a passer rating of 131.2. It was his best performance of the year. Maybe that's why the Buccaneers are hot on Teddy Bridgewater, if that report is accurate. So it's coming 15 days away. Musical chairs, more quarterbacks than teams, more teams than quarterbacks. I have a feeling there's going to be some quarterbacks who are looking around wondering what the hell happened when it's all said and done. There's going to be some guys without jobs. There's going to be some teams that had some quarterbacks that were maybe thinking to trade and they waited too long. There's only 32 teams and there's more quarterbacks than that to go around. For a change, used to be you couldn't find enough bad quarterbacks. Now there's plenty of good quarterbacks available, and that's good news for the NFL. Quick break. Two hours of Pro Football Talk Live still to come. Great draft coming up in an hour and a half, plus plenty more. We'll be back with Pro Football Talk Live right after this. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 